your favorite black ass cousin back for another episode of the official Conscious Kingdom podcast. This is Freedom. Thank you so much for tuning in each time that you guys tune in, every time that you like, every time that you share, time that you comment, every every review that you leave is helping to further this podcast. It makes it easier for other people to find and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So thank you so, so much for your continued support. Let's get started with the show. So I know right now it's been a little weird with everything that is going on in the world from the election to um, the pandemic to everything with police injustices and brutality. It's been a lot. So I'm really excited today because we do have a mental health professional coming on the show to join us as our new cousin. And I felt that it was only right to pick the word of the week this week as healing. So the word of the week, again, is healing, which can be a noun or an adjective, means to make healthy, whole, or sound, to restore to health, free from ailment, to bring to an end or conclusion, reconcile or settle. Healing is such a powerful, powerful concept. It's a powerful, powerful place to be in, in terms of a healing state in regards to your journey. For me, healing is so important because it is the one thing that I truly feel would cure a lot of the ailments that are in the Black community. If we were to heal, take the time to really heal from our traumas, heal from the things that burden us, really work through those things and really find the professional help that would be needed through therapy, through journaling, through meditation, through mindfulness, through all of those things. I think that just a more conscious approach to allowing ourselves to become whole would help us in ways that are immeasurable. Um, But healing isn't easy. It's just like with anything, it takes time and it's a journey. But the beauty of operating in a space where you want to be healed and intentionally work towards your healing as opposed to being dormant and stagnant in the midst of your chaos and letting your chaos consume you, it's power in coming from a healed position because you won't be consumed. It allows you to think clearer. It allows you to make more sound decisions. Um, Healing, it it truly is, to me, the greatest of journeys that we can take in this human experience. And one of the best things that my therapist taught me when it comes to healing and something that constantly keeps me motivated, when you are healed, you hear differently. So if you're coming from a place of hearing from your trauma and hearing from the self-destructive thoughts that you have, it's a lot harder to comprehend and understand and really have empathy for anyone else because you're so caught up in your own chaos. Chaos has consumed you. But when you're coming from a place of healing, it grants you an open, it's an open book. You become a blank canvas 
because your streaks of depression and sadness and trauma haven't already painted the picture. So that allows you to have a greater awareness and a greater understanding, helps you to better connect with more people and to connect with yourself. This week in the midst of everything that's going on, let's really try to put some work into our own personal healing. That is the word of the week this week. Let's go ahead and dive into our interview with our new cousin, Miss Nakia, who is a mental health advocate and a really, really dope blogger. I hope that y'all really enjoyed this interview because I definitely did. Let's get started. your favorite black ass cousin back for another episode and you already know that I had to bring a cousin along this week especially after everything that's going on in the world we need some good family time okay (laughs) so the thing that I kind of love and hate about what's going on in the world right now the thing about chaos is it requires you to tap into your consciousness. You, if, and if you don't, it's going to consume you. So because of that, there are so many people being more cognizant of their mental health and um, just how what's really going on with them internally. And y'all know I'm a big, big advocate for that. So I am so excited to have our new cousin join us today. She is a mental health advocate. She is a counseling student. She is a high school administrator. She is a blogger. She is dope as fuck. (laughs) Like on top of all of that, she is the mastermind behind Brown Girl Healing. Hey cousin. Hey, I love your intro. (laughs) Yes, yes. So this is our new, so the thing is, we all family here. So we don't have guests, we don't have none of that. We all cousins, um, just to keep that unity going. And um, I'm definitely glad to have you join us today. You can tell everybody a little bit about, um, you know, where you're from, how you got started and what really inspired you to really um, dive into something that is as taboo as mental health? Of course. So I am from Washington, D.C. I'm a Washington, D.C. native. I grew up in Northwest D.C. And I think one of the biggest things for me um, was that I grew up around a whole bunch of people that didn't look like me, right? Mm. So um, I grew up in this really weird neighborhood where we were a block away from the rich folk, but we were also the block with the poor folk, right? So um, it was a really interesting situation because if I ever tell somebody where I'm from, they're going to be like, oh, Adams Morgan, you got money. No, I don't. I don't. If you like, no, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the kid. Um, I ain't from Rattlers. Listen, let me explain. Yep. I work <laughs> Well, I had no silver spoons. We had plastic. So so for me, one of the biggest things was that like, I grew up around a whole bunch of hustlers. Mm. And like everything you did was hustle to get everything. And it was like, everything else was never considered, right? Like how you feeling don't matter because you got to hustle. And I, you know, I hustled my way to like, to my, to my idea at the top. Like I, you know, I got out the hood. um, I went to college. I graduated from college. And that like, I knew that there was something that I had to tap in when it came to um, your mental health, right? Like I ain't never seen nobody go to uh, therapy unless there was something crazy 
Like something was, they was crazy. Something was crazy about them, right? Um, and so, you know, I went to school and I told myself I wanted to be a psychiatrist, but then they also told me I had to go to medical school. And I was like, ooh, that's a lot of time. I don't wanna do that. Um, <laughs> but I went to school and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna figure out a way to bring like the arts and sports and stuff like that. So like some type of therapeutic um, outlet. And I couldn't get the job that I wanted. So I ended up in education. And that was like God's way of saying like, you know what, I'm gonna bring this full circle for you. So I, I've been in education for the past 10 years. And one of the things that education has taught me is that so many times we have expectations for kids to just show up and they're dealing with so much stuff. My first job in education was working for a, um, a educational grant for housing development in North Carolina. And those kids was dealing with some stuff, you hear me? Like it was like parents that said they had a parking space in the project. Sis, no, you don't. Mm-mm. You don't got a parking space. You don't. You barely pay rent. Like, chill. Wow. Like, you probably live a parking space and your child is failing all her classes. You got, your priorities are all wrong. Right. Um, you know, I'm dealing with kids who I get called in the middle of the day to come bail them out of jail because they're stealing socks in the mall. Mm. And I'm like, why are you stealing socks? They don't got no socks. And she's like, nah, they, I wanted polo socks. I said, like, well, how they gonna see your socks? It's winter. <laughs> Like, well, I'm wearing slides. I said, the baby, it's winter. Right. But she, and I was like, oh, your mental is all messed up. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so I like, you know, it was it was like me, like, constantly learning, like, our oh, babies, they are effed up. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I got into education. And it's so many, I, now I'm like a college career professional. And so we are expecting our kids to show up and, like, worry about what's happening next, like, as far as next year. Mm-hmm. But... They trying to figure out like what's happening next as in their next meal. Like right. they trying to figure out whether or not, you know, how they gonna finesse coming to school wearing uniforms that ain't been washed, right? Like how they gonna finesse that? Oh, I'm gonna lie and act like something I did it was a fashion statement, right? right. Or I'm gonna try to like, I'm just not gonna come to school because my mother, she ain't been home in a while, right? Like it was just so many things that were just coming to fruition. And I was just like, God, what are you trying to tell me? Like, and I'll be working on the stuff that I've got nothing to do with my job. Like, I remember one of my kids, she, um, you know, came home to all her stuff on the porch. First thing she did was call me. And I was like, wow. I was 26. I was like, what am I about to do? I don't got no money. Like, <laughs> I can't take this little girl in. I'm looking at you like, um, I need you. Help me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, and like the, I just like started seeing like the psychological implications of that. And like, I remember people in the building like, she's so fast. Cause she's staying at her boyfriend house. I'm like, she's staying at her boyfriend house cause she ain't got nowhere else to sleep. Like that's why she, but she don't feel comfortable with sharing that with you guys. She don't want to be vulnerable in that way. She don't want to tell y'all for the fourth time her mother has made them lose an apartment. Like this, she don't, she don't want to tell y'all that. And so like, like I just kept on like saying like, this something different. Like God, this ain't it for me. Um, and I remember going to a conference that my job paid for and it happened to be a counselor's, I mean, career counselor's conference, but there were a lot of like mental health counselors that were there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember like bumping into this lady and she was, you know, her and I were talking and she was like, you need to get a counseling degree. You need to become a therapist. Like, and so honestly that, that was where, that's where it sparked. And I started talking to more people and, um, and I feel like I'm always motivating my friends to like check in on that mental, right? And one of my friends was like, you should write that down somewhere. Like that should be a meme, that should be a quote. Yeah. Um, so like I started writing and I wanted to write a book, but 
I was so scared to write a book. Like I was like, ooh, I ain't a therapist yet, right? Um, and then I was like, what if I just write a post here and there? And then I became a blogger <laughs> um, because I want people to I want people to normalize talking about mental health. Like, I mean, I I felt comfortable telling my boss today, like, hey, my, you know, I have therapy today at two. Do you want me to put my time in for my two o'clock appointment, or do you want me to just work some extra hours uh, later in the week? I felt comfortable with saying that because I'm normalizing that. Just like I'm saying, I gotta go to the doctor's appointment. I have to go to the therapist. I have to go to therapy. And I think that that's so, I think for one, with you, the impact that you are having with the children, I don't even, young adults really, because all that they have on their plate. Listen. Yeah, it's that like, we have to get out of that mindset of like, oh, they kids, they don't know what's going on. Because I think that's probably one of the biggest detriments to our kids, to to, okay. to the young people in our lives. We think so much of, you know, that old saying, like the adults used to say back in the day, uh, kids are to be um, um, seen, not to be heard, or and all mm-hmm. of it. Like, we just kind of disregard their feelings and their emotions and the things that they have going on when, yeah. you know, like you said, uh, they're expected to be these academic scholars on top of literally trying to live through survival. Like they're trying to survive. Yes. You know? yes. And I think that it's beautiful that they have not only someone there for them, but someone that looks like them. Yep. That's that it's it. important to have that black representation specifically with, you know, checking in with mental health and all of that. And even at your job, you know, having, seeing a black woman be open about therapy because um, it's such a taboo about it. So I definitely want to dive into that. What is your experience been with that part of it? Um, because while there is a shift in the paradigm currently happening, um, you know, my mom is, is like my best friend, but that that wasn't a thing for her and her friends. And to this day, it's still not to be like, you know, like, oh, my oh, mother's therapy. <laughs> Like, even when, you know, even when I say it to some of my family members now, like, yeah, that's something me and my therapist gonna talk about. And they be like, girl, ain't nothing wrong with you. What you went there? Right. And I'm like, uh, you might wanna join me. You might wanna get the number of the of a good one. Um, so what has that been like for you? Yeah, just, you know, uh, with other people receiving that you go and people receiving that is something that you kind of advocate for. Um, like what, how have the stigmas and the taboos kind of affected your journey? I think one of the biggest things is like, like you said, right? Like family, one of the hardest people, group of people to tell that I was going to therapy was my family. I never forget one day I was sitting in the parking lot, um, waiting for therapy to start. Cause like I, my therapist was like not too far from my job and I had got there a little early. So I'm in the phone, on the phone talking to my sister and she like, where you at? And I'm telling her and she's like, what's wrong with you? Right, but the crazy thing about it is, I had avoided saying something to her for forever, yeah. um, because um, I just honestly, it was hard because like, how do you say that? How do you have that conversation without people judging you? And this, I mean, yeah. this is clearly before I started blogging and feeling more comfortable with it. Um, but I remember like, there's so many things that people don't know about mental health, and I'm like. Yeah, y'all don't understand how good it is for me to go to, to go to therapy. Like how beneficial it's been for me and, and y'all for me to go to therapy, right? Because it ain't just me. <laughs> Listen, um, because like I never forget like being so not even embarrassed, but like just secretive about it, right? Like yeah. I'm gonna just I'm gonna heal in private, right? Mm-hmm. And that hence, hence the you know name 
brown girl healing because y'all about to get all this brown girl healing and y'all about to get all of this process of it um because i realized that there are so many things that that have been trauma for me right and i didn't i didn't know how to categorize it i just knew it happened to me right um but like you know for me it was hard for me to talk about it right because i'm like well what they gonna say yeah. Right. And that's, you know, one of the biggest things that I talk about in my blog is like, you know, people make up a lot of rules, but I mean, I don't even know who these people are and I'm trying to abide by them. Mm-hmm. And who said that you can't talk about therapy? We can talk about, we sit around talking about somebody checking out of vaginas all the time, but we can't talk about somebody making sure that our mental okay. Talk about but, it all the time. There are memes about it. There are polls about it on social media, like a Facebook post to straight be like, you haven't been to your gynecologist and da 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 Exactly. Like, it'll be 30 comments. But it's, if you say, you know, I'm really trying to deal with the trauma of me and my mother's relationship. Am I like, am I preaching? Like, what? oh my God, girl, you a screen, people screenshotting you, putting you in their group chat, like, y'all see what she got going on? Like, it's so much. <laughs> Right, like it's like this whole like people almost treat it like it's something to you know something to gossip about when is that yes. that should be champion, um, and that's why I really love that you have the word healing. It's so much power in yes. healed. One of the best things that my therapist says to me all the time, and she's a black woman, and she gives it to me very straight. Shout mm-hmm. out to her. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, she always says. Like, cause for me, when it comes to healing, I'm like, you know, what's the beauty of being healed if ain't nobody else there with me? Like, I'm like, how, like, yeah, I'm good, but I'm still going back to the toxicity that yeah. comes and da, da, da. And she's like, no, the difference is when you, when you are healed, you hear different. Yeah. So all those yeah. things that used to trigger you, like the old you would be stuck and be wanting to argue and feel like, oh, I gotta, you know, do X, Y, Z. She's like, no, yes. when, you're, when you're truly healed, you hear different. And just to to see that and be in those spaces and not be triggered and be able to identify the traumas. Like it's, it's yeah, definitely yeah. love. It's definitely love. And sharing those experiences is so much healing for other people, right? And it allows other people the room to heal. Um, I think that one of the biggest things that we have to sit with as black people is that like we've been taught that there's only one way to heal. Right. I think that for the, for the longest, for the longest time, I thought that the only way I can get healing is through prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. And that I'm going to talk to God and he's going to fix it for me. But I had to realize that God made therapists like every other profession he made. He made therapists, too, because you, he his word says you seek good counsel. Right. And I think that one of the, the you know, one of the best things about my process is that I've been able to allow people the room to talk about it and to get advice and to normalize it um, because just even people taking ownership of their name, like somebody else calling themselves a brown girl healing because it's not just me. I'm not in this by myself because what I want is for all of us to be healed from the stuff that we had to deal with. Like it's, you know, like even with the pandemic, right? Like, you know, there's there's these things that we say that we had to stick to, stick to and people like, well, you know, I'm, I've been trying to do this morning routine and now I'm beating myself up because I ain't did the morning routine this whole time I've been in, in quarantine. Yeah. But then you think about it and you like, but how normal is it that my morning routine consists of me getting out of my bed, going to my bathroom and coming to my living room? Like how normal is that, right? 
But then when you beat yourself up from that, that's self-destruction. You got self-destructive thoughts and behaviors. Now you're sitting with that and now you are destroying your self-concept, right? And now you don't even know what's happening because now your head hurt and you don't want to do nothing else. But you can't talk about it to nobody. So now you're just trying to deal with that on your own. And that's something that you, that's not something that you can independently do on your own. You can read you a self-help book, but they don't, they're not, they're not talking back to you, right? And so you need somebody to help you process that. So glad that you said that because one thing that, like I said, while there is a shift in the paradigm happening of people are talking more about their mental health, but the thing with social media is <laughs> social media puts this gloss on everything and makes it real pretty. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm having depressive thoughts or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling down. Oh, I'll just light a candle and I'll, and I'll journal and I'm okay. It's like, for me, those are things that I do in preparation to wait for my therapy appointment. <laughs> those, like, that's not, that's not the surgery, sis. That's like taking, that's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Like, no, you need to go to the hospital. And you better hurry up. You better hurry up when you bleed out. Like, that's what it is. That's what it is. You said that because you're right. Like, those things are temporary fixes, but people on like I think with the social media craze of this whole like new like pseudo I'm positive I'm healed I'm centered but you're you're typing that onto a caption in the middle of a chaotic household like it's like it's all for show so I'm so glad that like you you see me cousin because that bothers me so much it's like yes those are tools those are not healing those are not the things that are going to get you there um because they're just distractions they're temporary distractions right. because those are into those are parts of interventions that you work through with a therapist right with a licensed professional counselor right like that those are parts of their intervention right because as a therapist you know i'm doing clinicals now so as a therapist i'm you know working with some of my clients and i might add journaling in there I might say, you know, what's that thing that makes you feel good after a long day, right? We might add those things in there to help them process it, but you gotta process those emotions. You can't just sit there and light a candle and think your day about to get better. Right. Like, you know, you gotta understand like what's happening in this moment that's making me feel this way. That's what I'm journaling about. Like, what are these prompts that I need to know? Like what's happening? What did I talk about? Like what is triggering this? These things are all things that you need to talk through with a therapy I, therapist. I listen to a, um, a blog all the time and she always says, this is not a substitution for a relationship with a licensed professional counselor. Yes. Because none of that stuff is, like you have to have a relationship because I blog about it, I talk about it, but like a lot of my tips say, now go see a therapist. Right. Like, uh, yeah, you definitely do. And that's why I was like, oh, I definitely rock with this because it's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you tools to help. Like you said, just help. But the actual healing, you have to have that that connection. Um and something else too, I wanna just kind of see what your opinion is on it, because I'm seeing that a lot as well, especially since you said that you work with the younger um generation. A lot of people are are doing the the social media healing tips, like the candles and the journaling and everything, or they are um, succumbing to self medication, and they're pretty much numbing themselves with, with with whatever their vices may be. 
alcoholism or weed or sometimes things a lot stronger. So I guess what is your take on that? Like when it comes to mental health, because I think for me, it's like at the end of the day, alcohol is a depressant. So like, I don't, I don't really subscribe to the whole, like you're having a rough day, light a candle and drink a whole bottle of wine. But I feel like, again, due to social media, that's kind of been, been treated like it's the norm as well. And to me, that's a slip, that's a slippery slope because sis, your days could be continuous. They could be coming sequentially. So every day we gonna do the bottle of wine, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I guess for you, like, what what is your what are some tips or advice for you if somebody does start, start to just slip into that kind of I'm a self medicating and numbness because it's a lot of numb people out here. <laughs> I think like the biggest thing is that one of the things that we have to realize is that like all those things are temporary distractions, right? Because right. after you finish the wine, after you've had your hangover, now you're dealing with the same stuff. Ooh, I almost cursed. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> you dealing with the same like that stuff didn't go away like the crazy ass co-worker that you had to deal with but that, that led you to that one she's still there when you go back to work on Monday right like and so the way like the way you reacted to that crazy co-worker it's still there because all you did was suppress it with that wine yeah. and I mean nine times out of ten you're not sitting there drinking the wine and thinking like you know what I'm all better now you thinking about like right <laughs> Like, and now you get destructive with those thoughts. Like, I'm going to whoop her. Like, I wish, I wish she, like, none of those things are actually fixing your problem. They're right. helping you to deal with your problem, right? And these are not positive ways to deal with your problems. Because, like you said, it's not shifting your mood into a positive direction. Right. Like, it's, 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 it's worsening your mood because this is not something that's picking you up. It's, it's taking you down. And then it becomes, if, if you are depending on that, then it becomes a problem, right? Like, because you can't deal with that unless you have a bottle of wine. Um, I, I remember like in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people were doing like these social, these um, happy hours where they were drinking on Zoom. Yeah, for hours. <laughs> and I was just like, one of my friends, she, she texted me in the middle of a Zoom and she was like, are you drinking water? Cause you, you're not, you don't take shots of gin like that. I was like, sis, yes. I'm drinking water. I'm not sitting in my house drinking alcohol by myself. I'm not doing that. That's that's sick and sad. I'm not doing that. But I'm not going to be the downer y'all parade on somebody's birthday happy hour. But I'm not doing that. That's a problem. Yeah. I, I said, just know that when I do my intake sessions for my clients, I always ask them, so when you're drinking, who are you drinking with? How often are you drinking by yourself? Because then that becomes a problem. Yeah. Because um, one of my um, my former pastors, when I was in North Carolina, he said to me one day, he was like, you can't, you're having a problem with being alone because you're having a problem with who you're alone with. So if you can't sit with yourself and deal with yourself, right? You know, like drinking that wine is just trying to figure out how do I deal with this person I'm alone with? I can't handle it. So I'm gonna just drink this wine. because So now we two different, we three different people. So now I'm good, right? <laughs> like, um, but I think that people have to be really cognizant of what they depend on to be able to get through these situations because then it becomes a dependency that you can't let go of. Um, like me and, my, me and my friends was talking to one of my other friends about like, you know, intervention. Like sis, you are drinking way too much. Yeah. Like you have, you have gone through so much stuff and you haven't dealt with any of it. Yeah. Like any of it. Like you've lost so much. And grief, people like to think about grief as 
you know, somebody died. But grief is loss. Mm-hmm. We've lost a sense of normalcy or what we thought was normal, right? We've lost the ability to be able to separate home from work. We've lost the ability to be able to connect with people on a normal basis. Like we've lost the ability to be able to go see our elderly um, family members because of the, of the risk that it could cause. We've lost so much and we're not dealing with those things, right? And when we start to, to rely on our self-medication, like first of all, we're not experts in that, in that area. We're not experts to be able to medicate ourselves, but we're not experts to be able to say, you know what, I can be able to manage just because I know what I'm doing. Like I can have or drink a wine or two because I, you know, I I, I enjoy wine, mm-hmm. but I do I do know that I can't rely on wine to fix me to fix me. Right. I can't rely on wine to get me through. And right. like you that, know, healing is not in that bottle, sis. It ain't at the bottom. I know you're trying to see if it's at the bottom. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. It's at the end of the, the counseling session, maybe not the end of that right. bottle. The, the counseling session, and not the and not the bottom of the bottle. <laughs> but you know, and I think that so many people don't realize that, like, are not cognizant of when it becomes problematic, right? right. Because social media has normalized so much stuff that don't right. listen. It don't make sense. Yeah. That don't make sense. Like, I remember like telling one of my girlfriends I wasn't drinking, and she thought that I was pregnant, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Um, but you know, it was it was really weird because what she didn't realize is that like I was having a really, really rough week. And I had like cried a lot that week. And I was like, you know what? If I drink alcohol, I'm gonna sit here with y'all and cry. Yeah. I'm not helping it. Like, no, I'm gonna see I wanna be happy. So I'm not about to drink. Right. This alcohol about to bring on these tears. Right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, and she was just like, I was like, I just wanna enjoy myself. And I think that we've tied in like wine and alcohol and all these things to like a good time and fixing our problems and it's not. And that's how people become alcoholics. Yeah. That's how people become addicted to drugs because now they can't function without it. Right. Like that person who has a bottle of wine every day is now a functioning alcoholic mm-hmm. and they don't, they can't admit it because they don't, they don't know how to recognize that. Right. So that's the thing that makes uh, it difficult because they're functioning. It's like, yeah. Alcoholic. I, I just went to work today. I just, I just wrote a paper for school. I just da 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 da. da. It's like you did, yeah. But <laughs> and when you get home from work, what you doing? Right. Getting a bottle of wine. Like you leave it. Like my coworkers that like get they go to happy hour all the time after a crazy week, and I'm just like, ah, I'm gonna sleep it off. I need to sleep. Like you know, and it's just like, Anderson, you don't want to hang out with us. I mean, technically, but whatever, that's a different topic. But um, <laughs> now I don't want to get drunk to talk about work. To, um, Cause I, I love the, I love the duality of who you are. Like, I love that it's like, you know, yes, I do have my religious beliefs. Yes, you know, you even referenced your pastor earlier, but it's like, but I still know the importance and the significance of going to a licensed professional for my mental health. And I've started to see a lot of that where it's like, um, you know, I, I, I have Jesus, that's all that I need. And it's like t-shirts and, you know, different groups and things that I come across. And even when someone within those social circles will even mention therapy, it's like shunned, like, you know, they're shunned. And you, you kind of mentioned it earlier. You said, you know, God created that profession as well. Um, with your particular um, religious background, like, do you feel like it is, how do you think the black church would benefit 
from actually incorporating more of an emphasis on mental health as opposed to treating it kind of like it's, it's a deterrent from your connection to God or Jesus and what you believe in. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I have to say is, um, and shout out to my church, is that like you have to recognize that there is a difference between having a relationship with God and having a relationship with a licensed professional counselor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that we have so long been been customed or we've been trained to think that you only go to these professionals if you're crazy. But I think one of the things is that like, like if you think about church hurt, right? That's a, that's a topic that we all know in the black church, right? If something that happened that you agree with in church, now you hurt and you don't want to go back to that church or you hurt and you don't want to ever go back to church again. But the reality of it is there's some process, there's some emotions that you need to process. Like why did that, why did that pastor doing X, Y, and Z let you down? Because, you know, I'm realizing that like, maybe it's your relationship with men. Maybe it's that every man in your life, every man in your life that you ever honored and praised has always let you down. So when he did that one thing wrong, now you're like, you know what, F church, I ain't never going back. But you're not realizing that this man is human. He might not say everything that you agree with. He might say something that stirs up some emotions in you. So now you're hurt. And now you're not ever going back to church. I think that one of the things that I love about my church is that they have a lot of ministries that are around mental health. They have a lot of ministries that support that. Um, They have some, you know, members of the church who are licensed professional counselors who talk about this stuff right like one of you know our um youth minister or yeah our youth minister at my church his wife is a licensed professional counselor and so she talks about that stuff and it's not a taboo topic and i and i and i attend a pretty large church and so being able to like have that available for the masses to hear is definitely beneficial because now you feel comfortable even saying that to your church family now you feel comfortable to even you know seeking counsel to be able to say you know what i'm dealing with this like what do you think um, but I think that for so long, we, we thought that we can only get through these things through God. Like, I'm going to just pray and he going, he going to help me out of this. Right. But one, a lot of times we're praying and we're not listening. Sometimes God says, I'm going to connect you with somebody that's going to speak, that's going to help you through this. Right. That's going to help you to process this because we so many times depend on what's written in the Bible that sometimes we don't even know how to, um, we don't even know how to translate right like it, it you know and it's it's so hard for us to like try to pop like god what you say about depression you go to the bible and you be like all right so it was two goats and like <laughs> you know like what what's the what's okay what's, what's behind this antidote how am i gonna do this right but then like you go to a therapist and she's like you know like i'll give an example from one of my clients right my client says that he had this fear like he could he related something to like if the police was following him. Now, not, mind you, this, ain't, this is not even a black man. This is an Asian man. Wow. Like he's saying that he, his his fear that he had in his job was similar to when a police officer was following you. And you you know you ain't did nothing wrong, but you driving and you know, you know, you like, okay, I can't do nothing wrong now, right? And so you're so focused on not doing nothing wrong and now you missed the stop sign. Now he's pulling you over, right? Cause, you, Cause you're not even focused on what you need to be focused on. Right. You focus on that, right? And so like so many times what we don't realize is that like our way of thinking needs to be processed with somebody, Mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't always have to be from somebody who who is like, you know, a leader in the church. 
Like it doesn't always have to be that person. And I think that so many times that church, like church hurt is real. Yeah. Church hurt is so real. And so when we are hurt by the church, we don't realize that's what we need to be healing from. Yeah. Like you, you know, but there are people that know somebody that's been raped by somebody in clergy. And so like now they're like, you know what, church ain't it for me. It ain't it. And so now you don't have a relationship with the church because you've never processed what that is for you, right? And so um, I think to circle back around to the original question, I think that, you know, we have to, as Christians, talk about it more and talk about how our faith links in with that. Um, because I'm not a Christian that just relies solely on, you know, what the, you know, what the 66 books of the Bible says about how I should handle this or whatever the pastor says how I should handle this. Because my pastor encourages us to do things like that like you need a lawyer you going through some stuff get you a lawyer you going through some stuff get you a counselor um and so you need to understand that you can't it's not something that you can do alone like processing the emotions and figuring out why you have these kind of behaviors and why your cultural context is the way it is and why your worldview is the way it is because you have dealt with some stuff you have some trauma that you have never processed like I didn't realize that some things that I went through was the reason why I treat men the way I treat them. And I actually want to dive into that because that's the thing, especially with dating, <laughs> dating in this area. <laughs> As men. I'm sure I feel like every woman everywhere probably feels like that. Y'all don't mind that? <laughs> Somebody is <laughs> and they safe, all right? <laughs> <laughs> this is 2020 now, y'all. It's 2020. I can't be in the studio. This is 2020. All right. <laughs> but um, so yeah, when it comes to relationships, how for one, how is that for you? Because I feel like if I, you know, had your wealth of knowledge, I would just be assessing every man like, oh, so you have, okay, you got some of Listen, cousin. Okay, <laughs> I just. You know, if we're being honest, because we're family, That's I just listen. I just came from a date, right? Okay. And it was a first date, okay. um, and he knows that I'm brown girl healing, and so um, one, he was just like, "I just feel like you overthink stuff." I said, "No, that's not what I do. I don't overthink. <laughs> I think that I think in proper, like proper portions, because." Like I'm processing this, but what I had to realize is that a lot of the trauma that I had been dealing with in relationships was showing up in other relationships and I had never dealt with it. Right. Like I had some childhood trauma that like really screwed me up, like really screwed me up. And I didn't realize it until like, I started processing it as an adult. And I'm like, why am I like this? Like, like I'd never really had a man to show me how a man is supposed to treat me. Like, like, you know, I had uncles, but my uncles, you know, most of my uncles are womanizers, right? Like, you know, I, t I remember telling my uncle one day, he asked me, was I gay? Because I ain't to bring a man around the family since high school. I said, because I'm trying to be like y'all. Do y'all not realize that? Yeah. I was like, because every Thanksgiving, y'all bring another woman. Like that, that's like, that I can't keep up. I can't keep up. Right. Um, yeah, I wanna talk about that though. I wanna talk about that. <laughs> like, I'm like, and I, you know, I wrote about it in one of my blogs. Like, like every Thanksgiving, my cousins had a different woman. Like every Thanksgiving. And I was like, we saw the same woman uh, twice in a row for one of my cousins. I was like, oh, you get married. Right. Like that's, yeah, it gotta be it. Your life. <laughs> um, but I think that for so many times, we don't realize how all of that stuff plays a part in like how we process stuff, right? In relationships. But I, 
I process how, what people say. I process what I say. I process the emotions that happen. I process the connections. Because one of the biggest things is that like, I think that so many times people say, don't bring your, don't bring your old stuff in your new relationship. But you like, you've got to learn, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I told, one of my the examples I gave the guy that I went on a date with today, I told him, I was like, cause he said that I can't bring my past relationship stuff into a new relationship. And I said, but listen, as a child, there was somebody that told you don't touch that stove, that stove right? Okay. Be sure you touched it anyway, right? You touched it, and then you found out that, that it burnt. You you found that it burnt. So now you're like, all right, what I'm gonna do now? I, I still wanted to touch it because I'm exploring, right? As a child, so now you're doing different things, right? But then eventually you learn maybe I should spit on the oven mitt, like. Maybe I should touch the pot with like you learning stuff. So you're not gonna forget what you had to deal with before. You you're not forgetting the, the remnants of the excuse me of the um the hot stove when it touched your bare hand and now you got the blister. Like you're not forgetting that. You bringing that into like that old experience, you're bringing that into now because you've learned from that, right? And I think so many times men don't like to be analyzed and they don't like you to, to read them for their filth. Okay. Oh never, um, never. Because you know. And then we internalize that because we don't want to be lonely. We don't want to be single. Like that is like the black woman's curse. Right. If you were single, like, oh, she can't keep a man. You know, she don't. She can't get a man. She can't keep a man. Like, and don't be loved by don't be loved by many people because they gonna say, "What's wrong with you? Right. You're so perfect. Why are you single? You're so successful. You so educated. Like, I think that is the worst fake compliment ever." Ever. Like, don't tell me that you don't understand why I'm single. Me neither. Like, <laughs> we figuring this out together, sis, because I'm trying to figure out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but I think that so many times, like, men don't allow you to be able to, like, really feel what's going on, right? Like, yeah. you know, and in your, like, I process these things now. And I told myself, you know, like, a, you know, and it's just recently. Like, I told myself, like, don't, don't put yourself in situations that you already know is going to trigger your trauma. It's going to allow you to subject yourself to things that are detrimental to your, you know, your self-concept. Because what I realized that I cannot allow people to dictate who I am in a relationship. Like, I'm going to be who I am. Am I going to be stubborn to the fact where I can't learn from you? No, but I'm going to be who I am. And you're not going to, I'm not going to allow you to destroy who I am. Like, I can't allow that because I'm so submissive to wanting to be in a relationship. Like, I'm like, you know what, babe, whatever you say, I'm gonna go with it, even though it's hurting me internally. Like, even though it's pulling me away from all of my friends, even though it's pulling me away from my dreams and my goals and my aspirations. Like, even though, because we've been, we've been trained to think that a part of a black woman's success is a marriage, 2.5 kids, the white picket fence, all that. Like, we've, we've been trained to think that a part of our success is tied into us being married so we just willing to we just willing to risk it all for that but we subject ourselves to being in relationships that tear us down mentally absolutely and then like now we don't know why we why we act like this in relationships we don't know why we don't have any more friends because this man then told you to say like it's just all these things but for me i think for me the biggest things is that like i don't, I don't listen i ain't going for your mess because i'm gonna sit there and say well why did you say that Right. Like, well, that's interesting because I don't feel vibes. Cause that's not what I do. Like, we 
we, but this is this like the beauty of all that she's saying right now is the same look the same vibes that she gives on brown girl healing and one thing that i love that you do is like your your weekly posts with the different like it, it like a lot of pages that talk about on social media that talk about healing or or like oh i'm a mental health page oh this is all about you know be a better you like be a better all of this like a lot of it is just marketing but i love that with the posts that you're generating like the actual content that you create it's giving actual gems that are beneficial like i love 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 the exercise that you put up about affirmations i feel like with that affirmation yeah. I'm sort of like a buzzword. It's like, oh yeah, tell yourself affirmations. And everybody just thinks it's like, I'm pretty, I'm smart. You is kind, you is important. You is smart, you is important. <laughs> I love the way that you presented that because you were, you know, really who who are you? Like who, like it's like let's really dive deeper than the surface of you is kind. <laughs> I think so many times what we don't realize is that like a part of who we are is who we tell ourselves we are, right? Because we've been subjected to say like, okay, I'm smart, I'm kind, but like that's not that's not what I need to tell myself. I, I know I'm nice to people. That's my problem now, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but but you know, I think that like for me, like my affirmations don't look like nobody else's affirmations. Like I'm not getting that from anybody else. Like sometimes I have to remind myself like this, you a boss. Like, you know, and like you are healthy, you are whole. Like, and I literally, my, it, it's not a thing where I'm like repeating something every day. Like I'm telling myself, sometimes I have to remind myself like, you know what, that was challenging said, but you are right because we have to we have to make sure that what we're doing is not just because we saw it on instagram mm -hmm. and i tell people all the time like you know i was talking to some high school students the other day and i had to tell them like you know we have to use we have to use um instagram as a, a form of inspiration and not validation because like we allow these things to be like okay this is the way it's supposed to be i'm sticking to that and that's my goal right but like it's like inspiring you to be like you know what I don't want you to say my aspirate, my affirmations. That's what I'm not telling you. Like outside of me saying I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm whole. Um, I'm not telling you everything that I'm telling myself, right? Because it's me, it's me and myself, right? I want you to figure out what it is that you're telling yourself. Like I'm not telling you what to tell yourself. I'm asking you, what do you need to tell yourself in order to get back up? Like those are the things. And I think that, I mean, to your point about like how Instagram is, I think so many times, we allow ourselves to succumb to Instagram standards, right? Like, you know, I love, love, love Instagram, probably too much. Um, but no, I think- positives of it is lit. Like, I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, one of my homegirls, <laughs> she needs to become an influencer, but one of my homegirls from college, like, since we having me dying, I go to her, her page just so I can see something funny. Like, every time I get to social media. She might have 20 things on it, but I'm going through all of them because I'm pretty sure at least 10 of them funny. Right. Um, but I think that so many times we're like, you may see a post and you're like, you know what? That's the way I need to live now. Mm -hmm. Or that's the way I handle it. That's the way it is now. Okay, like to your point. Okay, let me go buy some candles. Like, no, sis, do you even use candles? Like, like, no, no. 
people's store and you don't need like candles. <laughs> now you're like, what well, my house smell like that? Cause you thought you was healing with them candles. Right. Like, but it's like one of those things where I think that one of the things that I feel like is the beauty of what I'm doing um, is that like, I'm not telling you something that I'm not going through. Like Nakia be having some messed up days. Nakia really, you know, goes through it sometimes. Like Nakia will find herself comparing, like I was talking about comparisons the other day. Like I was, I was jogging and I was mad because people was passing me and I was like, sis, you're not running fast enough. Like I had that moment with myself. And in that moment, I had to stop and write that down in my notes. I was like, I need to share this with the people because they need to know that we all dealing with this and we got to figure out how to wait. We got to figure a way to stop doing that, right? But so many times people- in that, and even with you sharing that, you said like, you had broke your ankle, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Like yep. a broken ankle. Yeah. You ain't sprinting and you like, I need to do better. Like, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but social media told me I needed to do better, right? Right. Because- <laughs> Because, you know, somebody said, you used to be so small. I know, I was sitting on my behind for five months. (laughs) You know, and it was just like, you know, one of those things where I had to realize is that like, there's there's so much, one of my therapists told me, there's so much power in your story. There's so much power in you, you like not keeping that to yourself, like sharing that with somebody else. Um, Because like, I remember early in the pandemic, I was like walking around here looking a half mess because it wasn't nobody seeing me. Right. Okay. Nobody saw me. But I was like, why do you feel this way, Nikki? You feel really bad. Like, this is before I started blogging. And I remember like waking up one day and was like, do your hair. That's it. Like, because I realized I get my hair done on a regular and I wasn't, my hairstylist wasn't working. I don't know how to do my own hair. I don't know how to do my own hair. <laughs> so, you know, um, and so like, you know, it takes a lot of time for me to do my own hair, but I had to invest that time in myself, get up, take a shower, wash my hair, straighten my, blow dry my hair, straighten my hair, put the right products in my hair, take my time. It took a long time for me to curl it. But when I, when I did it, because mm-hmm. I felt good, I, I felt good. <laughs> and I shared that with people to let them know, like, I have been like wondering why I'm sitting in the dark because I didn't like the way I was looking. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't used to seeing myself like that, right? But I shared that with people because somebody else might be going through that. And I'm not doing this so that you could be like, I had the same thing happen to me when it comes to clutter. You know how like when you're mm. feeling down and not that your house becomes like a hoarder house, but it like, it's like, I might not wash this dish today. Oh, I might just, yes. I might just yes. stay right there. And the days keep going on and on and on. And it's just like, you just keep walking by the shirts, keep walking by the glass. And it's like these little, little piles of little clutter just start to, just start to build up on you. And it's like, it's like, since you're not even sad, you just need to clean up. Just get up, like get up, clean up. Like like you said, shower, do a little self, a little self love, something as simple. Take a shower and moisturize. Because I was ashy and my hair was dry. (laughs) That's it. I was sad because my knuckles. (laughs) And when I put that shea butter on it, Oh, how things changed. (laughs) You know what? It isn't a bad day. It is going to turn around. I I actually am having a good day. I don't want people to see me. Let me get on social media so y'all can see this. I ain't got nowhere to go. But but yeah, I think it is so. And I mean, even to your point about the clutter in your house, like it may not be that you, you know, got 
tons of trash, but you're not used to function like that because just like your mind with going to therapy, right? You're like decluttering from all these past experiences, these past memories, and it's just all a house in your head. And now you all over the place. You're like, you know, I can't do nothing. And the same thing with your house, right? Like, you know, those times where my house might not be as clean as I like it to be. And I'm looking around like, what is how long did I wash the clothes? Why are they still in that basket? Right? And like... You're like a monster <laughs> of dirty clothes just follow me around my apartment like, I'm not washing y'all yet. <laughs> but then but it's, it's like that stuff makes you not want to do anything. Like you you just like, you know, I'm going to just avoid all of it. Like even with like my homework, I just be like, oh, I got seven assignments. I'm not going to do none of them. But it's like you avoid stuff because you don't want to deal with like all the cleanup that happens. And I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, one of my first analogies with, with, you know, with therapy is that one of my homegirls, she's a closet organizer and she came over, she was like, when the last time you wore this dress? Can you fit this dress? Why is it still here? Because we allow ourselves to just keep holding on stuff for whatever sentimental value or whatever, like whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so we just hold on and just clutter, clutter, clutter. And now like, I don't even want to touch my closet because there's too much stuff in there. Right. right. And that's, that's what happens in your house. So happens, you know what I'm saying? You're like all that stuff like happens and it catches up with you. So you got to do something about it. Like do something that makes you feel good, but understand like how you operate. Like if you can't operate in a mess, you got to clean up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do y'all hear all of this greatness that's right here? Listen, tell us what can the people get, like where they can find you to get more of this. And also what does Brown Girl Healing have coming up? So where we can support you, uplift you, because all that you are doing, just these open dialogues like this, it's, it, it, it is truly revolutionary because like I said, I, I as being a country girl, part of my existence is my elders and the conversations that I have with them, the things that we are doing now, the things we talk about, the things where the traumas that we are healing from, they didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, Everything that you're doing is so dope. Tell everybody just, you know, what you got coming up, how they can support, like, with what all is going on with Brown Girl Healing. So you could definitely follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter um, at Brown Girl Healing, and that's Brown Girl with a U, um, not an I. Um, so it's Brown Girl Healing. Um, I'm browngirlhealing.com, that same you. Um and then I've just got some affirmation tees and hoodies, um, crop hoodies, because I think that it's extra affirming when you can say I wear what I want, how I want it, um, um, on the website, under our shop, on the website at browngirlhealing.com. Um, and look out, come follow me, because look out, because, you know, I've been asked to do a lot of, um, you know, meetups and stuff like that and give op- girls the opportunity to be able to talk about these things in person. Um, so we are, I'm in the lab on that. So hopefully I have a date coming soon. So follow me so that you can get all the details for that. Um, but that's it. Um, I think that one of the biggest things is I want people to come on over to Brown Girl Hill so we can have this conversation. I think that it's so empowering to see other people in my comments talk about like, sis, people I don't know. Like just sis, you don't don't know. It's definitely tribe vibes over there. Like. Yes, like that, you know, and I want people to be a part of that tribe, right? Like, I want people to be a part of that community where we're healing together because I like I don't have perfect days. Like, I don't, you know, I don't have perfect days. And but I, what I do know is that like there are ways that I can work through those rough days to be, you know, get one more one step closer to my healing. And I don't want to do that alone. And I want all of us to heal together. So come join the uh, community, BrownGirlHealing.com. 
Yes, and I, I promise y'all, I had commented on, I had commented on one of her posts to comment to Nakia. Three other people commented under me, and now we all follow each other, and now we- Listen, because <laughs> like you said, we cousins, because you know- Vibes over there. <laughs> I, I mean, and I think that's one of the biggest things about the, the blog is that like, now I got friends that I don't know, because I, I start off every blog saying, hey friends, because that, that's my vulnerability, because I, I only share this this tough stuff with my friends. So now we gotta be friends now that you go over here. Um, I love being like people being a part of that community that I don't even know personally. Um, just like, you know, meeting you and being like, you know what, this is dope. I love it. Like, and then sharing it and more people like, you know what, now I'm part of your your, your uh, community too. So um, come join us. I would love to holler at you in the comments. Yes, y'all make sure that y'all support, follow, um, I know you have you uh, make sure you sign up for the emails and all of that yes. like, on the website like get up in that email subscription list and all of that like you will not be disappointed it is very very valuable content um, very inspiring very for me because that's the thing with my social media everything that I scroll because because that's the thing when you're everything that you ingest is is, is affecting you it's not just it's not just the hot Cheetos that you have with your sandwich. It's everything. <laughs> it's what you listen to, what you see, what you hear, like what you hear, what you see, your thoughts. Like she, you know, Nakia said that several times today. The the self-destructive thoughts, like all of that is a part of your everyday makeup. So for me, my Instagram is things that pour into me in the shade. As you listen, <laughs> don't write. Therefore, guilty pleasures of the mess, which is the shame room. But, but um, I want to give this this last little bit of thing is that like, don't be afraid to unfollow somebody, because like I had to realize that my social media is my empowerment, it's my inspiration, it's my outlet, it's my you know comic relief. Yeah. But it's not for me to like listen to nonsense. Like I'm not arguing with nobody. Like if I honestly, we can disagree on a lot, but we ain't about to disagree on my God. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, when it comes down to like my well-being, and like if you talking about some negative stuff about like stuff that's like having me like in my head, like these elections. Like if I see somebody talking about, you know, y'all and y'all and you know sharing, I'm not gonna even go there with political views. But they're sharing their political views and they're like telling how people are stupid for doing this and you're so gullible for, like I'm you know what now I'm unfollowing you and I'm okay with it um and you can unfollow me too like we don't like I'm not tied to those things because we have to allow ourselves to the space to be able to fill ourselves up with things that need to be in that bottle right like you don't put salt in Kool-Aid because that's not the taste you're going for so don't do that for your social media feed don't do that for your, you know, whatever you're feeding yourself, watch what you're feeding yourself and be okay with unfollowing somebody or removing somebody from your circle because you got to watch what you feed yourself because health is wealth, right? And like the same thing with, you don't want to feed yourself a whole bunch of fatty foods or, you know, you don't want to eat, you know, pig scrap. Like you, like you don't want to eat these things that don't make you healthy or don't allow your body to function properly. Don't do that to your, your mind either. So... If you need to remove yourself from somebody's follow list or, you know, whatever it is, um, do that. Because that, it can be hard on you. Because I don't know how many people I done followed in the past two months. Because it ain't okay. 
I'll get on here to laugh. I get on here to be inspired. I'm not getting on here to argue. I'm not doing it. Because that negativity will permeate your psyche. You'll you'll see it and be like, oh, they're so annoying. Five minutes later, you're not even realizing that you're still bothered by that. You're still annoyed by it. But you know what I do? I unfollow you so I'll never be annoyed by it again. <laughs> but most people, I don't know. I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people do feel super connected. And, you know, speaking of that, I think that's a great thing to wrap up with. Because of everything that's going on with this being such a digital age, the beauty of it is we are all connected via our social media accounts and all of that. But the downside of that is it is constantly so much being thrown at mm-hmm. us. At the time of this recording, we still do not know who will be our next president. This will this Thursday, we airing this on a Monday. I'm not sure if we'll know by then. But, you know, the, this election has been weighing heavy on everyone's minds and hearts. But even beyond that, before we got to uh, November 3rd, we were dealing with all of the, the protests and the pandemic. And I mean, it's just been a lot in, a lot on us in this world during this time. Um, I know it's kind of difficult to have a blanket statement for all of that, but just for... The, the pressure, the loneliness, um, just the, the, the overall kind of heaviness that weighs on a lot of people connected to uh, when it comes to those particular topics. Um, do you have any uplifting words or anything that you can, any tips or any advice that you can give for everyone who, um, who may be, be having one of those rough days uh, linked to everything that's going on in the world? I think one of the biggest things is that, and I honestly have to remind myself this as well, right? Like if you voted or didn't vote, whatever you decided to do, um, you did your part, right? And you can't become overly consumed with what's happening next. I think that, you know, I had to catch myself because I kept like refreshing and saying like, okay, who, who did we win now? And um, it was so hard for me, like, yesterday because I became overly consumed with it um and I had to like take a step back like what do I need in these moments and I think that we really need to create wellness plans and it sounds like a difficult thing but basically all it is is saying like what I need what do I need when I'm going through a difficult a difficult time like for me I know that when I'm going through a difficult time I need people like I need to be around my family and friends. I need to be around somebody that's gonna make me feel comforted. I need to be around somebody that's gonna make me feel loved. Like, you know, yesterday it was being with my niece. And and so, you know, we went to a jump park and, you know, we weren't concerned with what was happening. Like we still didn't have a president, but like we was having a good time. And, you know, that's what I needed. And of course I could have been doing a lot of things. Like I got an assignment due on Monday that I need to be working on, right? But I needed that in that moment because like, when when life is thrown at you, you need to check in with yourself to see how you're going to deal with that, right? Um, and so, so many times we get saturated in the world and what's happening in the world that we forget about what's happening within ourselves. And so you need to figure out like one set limit. My biggest thing is set limitations on all of it. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big proponent of like knowing what's happening in the world, but set set limitations on that. Like you know, people that watch the news like understand that the news is cyclical they're going to show the same thing over and over again. So you sitting there watching it all day, every day, you not getting too much of a difference in the stories. So, you know, give yourself a time limit. 
when it comes to social media, people are all talking about, you know, the elections right now. Give yourself a time limit, you know. Um, you know what? Say, you know what? I'm not spending more than two hours on social media a day. And it seems like a long time, but it goes by really fast. I got a timer and I'm like, oh, I'm mi- dang it. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, you know, set the time limit and create that wellness plan and just say to yourself, what do I need in this moment? When I, when my head is clogged, uh, clogged up, I'll be like, you know what? I need to go run. I need to go walk. I need to go to the gym. Um, because I need that release. And so I've started to create a wellness plan that works for me and that's individualized, right? Because you can't get one offline. You really have to figure out what it is that you need. And so when it, when it, when you're dealing with something like you're dealing with five pandemics, like, you know, it's not just COVID-19, you got racial injustice, you got these, you know, you got the, you got the, you know, polit, you know, polit from politics, you got, you know, all these wars against our communities, you, you know, we, like it's so much it's, it's so much and you got to be able to say like for me I have to tap into me and say Nakia what do you need in this moment All right. my last thing is that every night I've started to do something differently where I may have <laughs> look you see this <laughs> my planner and I may have all these things I, I, I said I'm going to do for the day um, and all of it's not going to get done and so before I go to bed, I write down a list. Like, I wish I would have done this today, but I'll get it done tomorrow. And like- I love the, the, the grace and the, the uh, compassion that you give yourself. Yes. Because a lot that's, of- That's my favorite word. Well, we don't give ourselves that. We'll give that- That's my favorite word. <laughs> uh, we'll give it easily to our friends, to our family, to the to our, to, to people we're dating, but to ourselves- Yes. You don't not have to remind people all the time, give yourself grace because like, it's not easy. We're not dealing with something that's easy right now. Um, so many people are seeking help from people that they've never sought help from before. Um, but like in, like it used to be just like, you know what, well, I didn't get this done today. I'm going to write it down. Cause I'm going to make a priority for me to get it done tomorrow. Cause you didn't get it done today. You'll do it tomorrow. But now it's like, what is worrying me today? I'm putting it down on paper because I'm not going to bed with that worry. Um, because we can pray about it, but I think it's 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 so much power with writing it down. Absolutely. And so, like, I write it down and be like, I'm leaving this right here on this paper. When I wake up and pick it back up, right? I'm gonna pick it back up. But there's so much power in saying, you know what, this is no longer going to be a worry for me because that can become super consuming of your thoughts, of your actions, of your bodily functions. Um, and so... When we don't do those things, when we don't allow those things to be released from us before we go to bed, we don't allow ourselves a release from the the, the, uh, the troubles of the world, like we get consumed with it and we don't get stuff accomplished. And so I think that making that wellness plan, giving yourself limitations, making sure that you are not being consumed with what's going on and writing it down and leaving it there and picking it back up tomorrow. Um, because the worst thing is to wake up the next day because you didn't sleep because you weren't about it. Because... You worrying about what's happening with the elections. You worrying about it at nighttime. You ain't changing whether or not Nevada uh, count their votes. You can't. But what you worrying about it for, right? Like, your worries ain't doing nothing but keeping you up at night. So allow it to go. Because I'm, yes, I'm concerned with these states counting their votes. But I can't do anything about it. Right. So... You, if you can't get up, if it's not like I'm worrying about the fact that is my stove on or not, so let me get up out of my bed to turn that stove off, but I'm worrying about something I have no control over, I got to let that go. Yeah. So when we do those things, we tend to become more stable mentally because 
we're allowing ourselves the ability to let it go. Um, and outside of just mentally, I just, you know, I'm learning to be do a better job of letting go and let God, because you can't worry and pray about the same thing. You know what I mean? So when you let it go, you're like, God, I'm handing it over to you. I'm gonna pick it back up because it's something that I need to work on, but I'm handing it over to you right now. I'm gonna put it on this paper and I'm gonna try to pick it up and see how it fits in my day tomorrow because we will hurt ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally if we don't allow ourselves those limitations and that grace because grace is so real. Like I've cried so many times during the pandemic and one of my friends was like, what happened to your grace? She had to remind me because I said to her all the time because she's a parent and she's struggling with virtual learning. And I said, sis, you ain't a teacher. Right. It's tough. Like you are, a, you're in marketing. Like you <laughs> got all these meters and now you got to teach, a, what is he, first grade? I'm like, Where, where's your grace? Where, where's your grace? And she's had to remind me the other day about my grace. And so all of that. Um, the biggest thing is that you have to allow yourself that grace and you have to allow yourself the opportunity to let go of it um, and provide yourself those limitations because you can get super consumed with it and then now you're self-destructing and you don't even know it. I love it. I love it. It's going to get hard, but please give yourself some grace. I love it. Yes. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much, cousin. This was so fun. This felt like a really good therapy session. I'm not going to hold you. It really did. Listen, because I had therapy today and I told her, I was like, my head feels so much better. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had a headache after my work that day. Girl. I was a lot, oh, totally better. <laughs> better but yes thank you so much um for just honoring us and, and joining the platform i really appreciate it for everybody again make sure that you follow our new cousin nakia you can follow her at brown girl healing um check out the blog follow on all social media's uh platforms of course i will put it in the episode descriptions but more than anything y'all i think that you know we are all about getting that healing doing the work just to be a better you, be conscious of who you are and what you are in this world, how you are to other people, the impact that you have on others and to yourself. You know, don't be self-destructive. And overall, like Nakia said, just give yourself some grace. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Freedom, the official Conscious Kingdom podcast. We are raising our frequency to get to our freedom because it's all about liberation for Black people, for our minds, just for all of this, honey. And y'all know mental health, we all about that over here. So, cousin, you got anything you want to say before we close out? Listen, I don't know who made these rules up, but you don't got to follow them because they all fake this, okay? So um, do you and take care of you. That's it. I think the biggest thing is just take care of you and do what you figure out what you need to do to take care of you. Love y'all. I love it. I love it. I love it. We love y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will do this again next week. Peace.